1: Half a million dollars in the FFPC main event. That's what we're talking about this week on Stealing Bananas. We've already had two episodes. We are here at the 11-12 turn. We are in the 109 spot. I'm Ben Gretchen. You can find my Twitter at Yards Per find my Substack at bengretch.substack.com. With me, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can find it at Rotovis. And, Sean, we started Tyreek Hill, Najee Harris, Terry McLaurin, and TJ Hawkinson. Really nice values at the 3-4 turn. We were very excited about that. We grabbed Jamar Chase and Chase Claypool in 5-6. and six. And since then, with this really sort of fun early build, we've been able to grab a ton of guys that I have a lot of exposure to. I know you have a lot of exposure to. It's nice to get those guys that we have everywhere on a build like this, where we had the McLaurin and Hawkinson values. That's Debo Samuel, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, James Conner, Devin Singletary. It's five dudes that I have on probably five teams each at least. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have guys that I'm, I'm making bets on this year, also on this roster that I think was very good early. Yeah, the, the first four rounds were an absolute dream and then we got better value on our
2: wide receiver picks than we often do. And so uh, this has been a, a dream so far. We are now on the clock at the 1204. We've talked about this question of, you know, we think we have to take Cole comet here if we want him. We think he can break out and be the guy. Uh, He's an easier way, a much cheaper way to play the Bears than, say, take Allen Robinson. So if you like fields, commit a way to do it that also has a lot of positional value. But then those those quarterbacks who seem to have so much upside, the half a million dollar upside, are still there. Uh, How are we going to do this? If we pass on QB, there's a chance that one of the things that that would do is it makes – you know, there's more volume left at
1: that position later. And so I think we're going to commit. Is that the, yeah. Yeah. I want to go commit here as well. So I'm, I'm glad that's where you wound up. Cause we only have 11 seconds on our clock. I I'm it's, it's a bet I'm comfortable making. We talked in the last episode at this point in the draft, every other manager has at least one core has exactly one quarterback. And there's probably going to be a few that go with their second here, but we have burrow fields, Lance and Tannehill as our four in a tier that are available. We're hoping that we get some of that upside back to us. None of the drafters behind us, the three drafters behind us, took their second quarterback at the 11-12 turn. So when it came back around, it kind of made a lot of sense to grab Komet as the tight end 18. I have him as the tight end 10. Sean, you might be even higher. So you give us the hot take on Cole
2: Komet. Well, Komet is the guy who is going to be this year's you know TJ Hawkinson Uh Noah, a fan right and he's going to be the guy who kind of moves into that next range and so it's a question of can he get a little bit more volume than those guys did can he score some touchdowns i mean hawkinson and fant were really close i mean fant was somebody and, and curtis patrick and i still dream about what would have happened if fant doesn't get food poisoning right because we took a zero on him that week and then finished 12th i mean the the number of points we were out of like sixth or seventh very minimal. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the the food poisoning episode with Fant kind of in some ways knocks down the way we think about him. But the real key for me here is that you have this prospect who was a good prospect, a little bit of a an underrated prospect, a, a big guy, a little more athletic than people realize. He comes in and does all the work during the offseason and He emerged a little bit down the stretch last year, and then he's another one of these tight ends where the team is just raving about him in training camp. And so you have this potential for a Justin Fields offense to unlock some of these guys and the best value to do that, the the easiest way to make the bet and to get exposure and say, okay, if Fields does what we think he can do, you know, where would it really make a big difference in fantasy? And I think with Allen Robinson, it just doesn't make a difference. Right now, if Allen Robinson adds a couple more points per game, then, you know, suddenly he's like a second round value instead of a, a late three, early four kind of value. And, and that does make a difference. It's not like that would be beside the point. Anybody who's drafting Robinson, anybody who's drafting Mooney, you know, they want this offense to take the next step. But where it could really just
1: absolutely change your team around is if you have Cole Komet. We we are approaching now the 12-13 turn. We've lost a couple of our QB targets. We're really kind of sweating that. Interestingly, I don't think we've lost who I would call probably both of our top QB target, which I I don't want to speak for you on that necessarily, but for me it's Burrow, especially because we have made the Jamar Chase pick and we have Tyree Kill. I would really love to get Burrow on this team. It may not happen, but now two of the drafters on the way back have already taken their second quarterback. There's probably going to be at least one more that goes, but four of these teams coming back that have not taken their second have Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, and Russ. And so those might be teams that won't target a second QB. We're sweating here at the 301 and the 303. Those two teams have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford as their only quarterback right now. I think there's a pretty decent possibility we could see another quarterback go in these next couple of picks. But Tannehill and Lance were the two that went. I'm higher on Burrow and Field, so I would really love to get one of those guys back. I am as well. So we'll,
2: we'll keep dreaming that that scenario can play out. Exactly what you mentioned. I, I do think that that, and we, we dodge it at the first pick. That's Kenny Gainwell and Hunter Henry as the 101 makes the turn. You know, we talk from time to time about we, we'd like the Christian McCaffrey owner to make some mistakes. He's drafted some older wide receivers, which that's not, I mean, that can work. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that can't work. I do like the fact that Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Odo Beckham, you know, probably, probably better in a a 2018 draft. And at least it's something where I find it. (laughs) And Keenan Allen as his first receiver. Right, right. And Keenan Allen, I mean, the rest of those guys have been so questionable outside of Josh Palmer, who had some real prospect red flags that, I mean, you could see Keenan Allen pushing, you know, the, the 30s. at at target volume, and and so I mean these picks could work. I think it's, it's fun to be able to easily root against the team at the 101, even if they have a very good team. There's not a lot of overlap with players that we have, so we won't have to be looking at their team and say, well, we actually have to root for some of their guys every week. Hubbard goes at the 1302, so Gainwell, Hubbard, a couple of guys that we like and we're kind of hoping we could add to the deep running back group, and yet, realistically we weren't going to be able to have them on this team because we are going to have to address quarterback Uh, Damian Williams goes that pushes another guy down dodge both of those QB bullets and on the one hand it would have made sense for those guys to go for some upside since they had the pure passers on the other hand since they went ahead and took those guys you know they've kind of made their bet with you know the Rams offense being high powered with Stafford with Aaron Rodgers you don't have to make a bet I mean the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers are going to be very good. It's a matter of, you know, what the the value to the price is in fantasy football. If Rogers has that 50 touchdown season, the value will be very, very good. So, ooh, David Johnson comes off. Latavius Murray. Those two picks are dream selections for us. Uh, Those are not guys that we're typically targeting, are they, Sean? Uh, pro- no, they're not. And, and and we like both guys kind of in a vacuum, but but not for fantasy this season. Rashad Penny, one of our targets, I hate to say this, but it probably makes more sense for all right. We've locked in to be going more. Alex Collins late than Penny right now, which is, is sad for me and, and his spot on the zero RB list. Then you are clapping your hands because Jalen Rager has gone and we are now guaranteed one of our two quarterbacks at the very least.
1: Yeah. A bunch of running backs went there. You're, you're noting those. I, I laughed a little about the Murray and Johnson thing, just because we like to, to target youth. They're, they are obviously both up there in age. And you're talking about Penny. Rager goes here at the 1307. We're waiting on 1308 now. But the, the Kyler, Mahomes, and Lamar drafters did not take a second quarterback as we sort of hoped. Russ is is the the number one quarterback on this roster. It could be a QB here. But even if it is, I think we're, we're going to get some real QB upside at, at 1309. So the pick is Zach Hertz, which <laughs> will make Patrick Kareen
2: happy. Maybe ecstatic is more the word, but also makes us ecstatic because – but now we can take either guy. And now we have actually a difficult choice, right? Because yeah. we know we need Burrow for the structure of our team. And yet he's the guy who is much more likely to come back. There is this non-zero chance we could get both. Uh, I mean, there's a, a chance that the, the teams in the interim would go with a, a Trevor Lawrence or a Matt Ryan instead. I mean, it's not a lock that they even take Burrow if they take a quarterback. And we took Komet. So I'm very comfortable taking fields here, if that's okay. what you're leaning. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have more Burrow than Fields. And, you know, the Burrow with Jamar Chase is maybe not quite as exciting
1: as Burrow with T. Higgins. So, Oh, that's an interesting take because I've been saying that I've been saying the opposite. I've been saying if you have Chase, you're betting that Burrow is going to be a superstar because I think regardless, T. Higgins is going to be very, very good. And Tyler Boyd is going to be very, very good. Chase is sort of the biggest question mark. But if Chase is great then then burrow's an absolute lock that's the way i've been thinking of it
2: no and and that's and that's very good i i can definitely understand where you're coming from there i think that that logic tracks i'm thinking more from the perspective of if t higgins is and it's kind of funny since we did take chase early to say this right but if t higgins is on our roster and we're in position to win the half a million dollars it's in large part because he has been kind of megatron light which you know i hesitate to bring that up but since we're doing kind of a hot take show Uh, We can go ahead and and mention the fact that his teammates have been referring to him in that light. That's one of the reasons why I have him ranked in the second round, even though that's way, way above ADP and perhaps a little bit aggressive. But my thought is that if we have him, he's got to be in the lineup. I actually think that this team could be a a position where actually Chase doesn't play that much. And so Burrow is not as important from that perspective. When I say play that much, it just is not a starter for us that often. And so Burrow is less important from that perspective, perhaps.
1: And no QB in these next three picks. We didn't do a bull take on fields. It is that he, in college, ran about 10 times per start on average. He wasn't as efficient as Kyler Murray, but that is right in line with Kyler Murray's rushing volume in college. In the preseason, he showed an easy ability to get out of the pocket. He looked very comfortable. And so the hot take on fields is he starts by week three. He rushes just like Kyler Murray did right out of the gate 90-plus times has strong rushing value. And Kyler Murray was the QB7 his rookie year, even though he only threw for 3,700 yards and 20 TDs. He wasn't like a, a big pass. That's why we were on Kyler last year to blow up his look. There was a lot of room for his pass numbers to come up. But Fields does what Kyler did as a runner or close to it and adds a very strong passing season right out of the gate. One of the top accuracy passers in a, lot of t- in a long time, I think he was PFS top accuracy passer of this class. So there is a lot of reason to like Fields being a top five quarterback down the stretch. That's the other way you can you can catch this this hot take is Justin Fields is the we'll say the overall QB one in weeks fifteen to seventeen.
2: Oh, and Burrow does not quite ah. come back. So now then we're gonna actually have to make a pick in round fourteen. Uh, what what direction are we leaning now there? heartbroken
1: yeah i don't even have a i didn't i mean kj hamler's my next best receiver it's kind of too early to really go there but we could running back i have Darrington evans and i'd be very comfortable with that pick i have to have missed melvin gordon on my list he went yeah a long time ago jd mckissick is on my list we could grab oh no he went i'm, I'm just not even paying attention to the running backs they don't matter so yeah Darrington evans is pretty clearly my next best running back who do you have in the queue? I haven't looked.
2: Now, so Darrington Evans is there. Uh, Paris Campbell, someone if we're trying to play that that weirdness from the Colts. He's my he's my next after Hamler if you wanted to take him. Yeah, and obviously T.Y. Hilton not being available at the beginning gives him a chance to go a little bit.
0: Hey, RotoViz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com.
2: Campbell, or we don't need, I, it'd be great to have them both Campbell and Hamler. So I probably would lead to Evans here. Uh, he's yeah. obviously a pure speculative pick, but the upside, kind of crazy. Yeah,
1: let's do it. Because Connor, I think it's really good for this build. Harris, first of all, we don't feel like maybe has uh, even as much upside as where we took him in the second round, which is a crazy thing to say, obviously, but w- it was almost in some regards a floor pick, as, as much of a floor pick as a 204 can be. And then Connor and Singletary are our other two backs so far. And I think both Connor and Singletary in some respects were something of a floor pick. And so Darrington Evans now gives us some explosive upside. If something were to happen to Derrick Henry, uh, you know, something long term and serious, obviously we're, we're not hoping for that. But if something like that were to happen, Sean, what would the upside for Darrington Evans be? Well, Darrington Evans is another one of these guys who had a running back prospect score kind of
2: right in line with James Robinson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out of college. He has the 4-4 speed. He has the receiving ability. His team was promoting him as their version of Alvin Kamara last year as a rookie, and then instead what he was was their version of Will Fuller, where uh, he was not available at all. Hamstrings throughout the entire season, The tiny little bit that we've seen from him, he has been very explosive. And so he would give the Titans offense this extra dimension, right? He'd give them the pass-catching ability. There have been hints that they would like to go in that direction even a little bit. Not kind of the split that we saw several years ago with Dion Lewis, but the split where they do get the pass-catching back out there to play. Now, again, he's got to be available to do that. But if we got to get into a situation three or four weeks down the road where Evans is back completely healthy and – you know, something does happen with Derrick Henry. I think that you have not Alvin Kamara upside, but you have this upside for a guy who could come out and it still have a 20% win rate, right? Where he gets all of these passing touches and the Titans offense really transitions kind of into this juggernaut behind AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and you know, the the newly born uh Ryan Tannehill. And so I like him to be the guy who, you know, Mike Davis, last year, we saw what he did in the very sad scenario. I think Darrington Evans can do that plus because he's a
1: much better athlete. That is uh, well put. Uh, I'm excited to add him to our running back room, but we are still so bummed with how well everything has kind of fallen in this draft that we made that field's bet Now Fields does have considerable upside and we do feel comfortable with how good he could be down the stretch. We're going to have to pair him with someone that we feel can be very good early in the year, but man, a Fields Burrow quarterback combo in rounds 13 and 14 would have been really fantastic. The Justin Herbert drafter took Burrow two picks before our 1404. We did – sort of let that hang. But I I think you were absolutely right that if we went Burrow, there's no way. Fields makes it back. We made the right gamble, in my opinion. And I don't think that we can completely
2: give up on the fact that there's a non-zero chance that Burrow will not be 100% in the first couple of weeks. And while that is going to destroy a lot of other things we have going on, we're looking at this team winning the half a million dollars there's a lot of quarterback depth, right? And teams are going to need to make some plays in free agency after week one to shore up their weaknesses. Burrow getting dropped is not out of the question. We will bid heavy if that happens, regardless of how he looks, to justify the original
1: drop. Ben, where are we now in the next round? Well, I mean, we can start talking about the quarterbacks. I have two, and and Fitzpatrick, and and I think Zach Wilson is still just being overlooked, but it's hard to do Fields Wilson. It's not possible. Wilson's going to start week one, but it is, I think a little bit challenging. I I would prefer guys like two and Fitzpatrick. I think two has a little bit upside. We do have the will fuller connection. We also have Terry McLaurin. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick makes a lot of sense. You know, if any of these things, these offenses really take a step forward and we like Washington, Miami as potential options to do that. It would be nice to have those, those potential stack options at times, especially if fields has some bumps throughout the regular season. So that is something I'm looking at at running back. Did I miss Jerick McKinnon or is he still there? I have not actually been very on Jerick McKinnon, but he winds up as the top back on my board right now. Daryl Williams is off the board and we're at running back 60. Usually you see McKinnon go before now he is available. You have a couple of your younger guys that you really like that you've already queued up. What do you think about McKinnon or Tevin Coleman? Some of these veterans, even Wayne Gallman now landing in Atlanta and we're, Willing to bet against Mike Davis a little bit. I think he's pretty interesting here at fifteen oh nine. Yeah, and and the question is kind of where he
2: will go, right? Because when he was originally released, I was like, ah, for the deep best ball, the twenty-eight round FFPC leagues, that is disappointing because have some shares there, and yet now he's in a much better situation. I mean, the Falcons finally have a legitimate backup. Probably not a big gap in talent. Between Mike Davis and Lane Gallman, so I I'm glad that you brought him up. Uh, you know, maybe wrapping back around into 16 there. Jarrett McKinnon, someone we should definitely consider. I've been big on Clyde Edwards-Oliver. I think he's going to get almost all the touches. If I'm wrong, and I always like to play these scenarios the other way as well. If I'm wrong, Jarrett McKinnon is going to be a very good fantasy asset. Not even that you're going to be able to start him all the time, but just someone who will bail you out. When you need that. And so I like to have him on some rosters. Uh, Ben, we are now on the clock. The last couple of guys to go were Amon Ross, St. Brown,
1: Traquan Smith. We could obviously take Hamler here. Take Hamler Uh, here as well. Yeah. Hamler and Campbell both available. Hamler, the one that we like more. Campbell was a better ADP pick at the last spot. So I'm looking at him too. Yeah. McKinnon,
2: Hamler, Campbell.
1: Fitzpatrick to uh, there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways. Your cue, how you have it is exactly how I'm seeing it. So you're going to make the pick. (laughs) Okay. So we have so much
2: firepower at wide receiver. We are going to go with Jarek McKinnon here. Jarek McKinnon tested as one of the best running back athletes to ever enter the NFL Uh, last season. He did not have all of that. He had the dead legs that have been very well covered by one of our favorites davis matic but (laughs) in the chiefs camp the reports are that he looks like the star right and so that's a little bit of a a concern i think for Clyde edwards allaire i think the contrast between the two players is maybe not uh playing out exactly the way that we would like for their former first round pick but mckinnon one of these players who can be schemed touches the way that the chiefs run their offense And so I like that part of it too, that he doesn't have to be a pure running back in Kansas city, the way he would on most other teams in Kansas city. He can be kind of what they wanted from, or in some of the things that they do with McCole Hardman, obviously not the deep targets, but he can do that. I think he can be someone who covers some weeks for us if we need it. Uh, I misjudged the Wayne Gallman selection. He does go in the interim. So Ben, I think that does take us kind of back around to Hamler Campbell or Fitzpatrick. Let me look here to see where we are with the ADPs on some of these guys. I mean, Fitzpatrick doesn't tend to go. And so I'm tempted to
1: just keep to waiting keep on him. I mean, he's really the guy that I want. I mean, he, his ADP is in round 18. Completely agree, but we don't need to overpay for it. And I think, you know, in the scenario where he were to go, we do have other options, whether it's Zach Wilson or, or even just going to some guys you like, like Derek Carr or somebody. Like We, we can... We, we would just be very much betting on Justin Fields. Right. And then potentially like a burrow drop or those types of things. But the second quarterback doesn't need to be someone that we take here at 1604. No, he does not. And Matt Ryan is there. Uh, and it's a little surprising
2: that Kyle Pitts has his ADP and that Matt Ryan is not someone who anyone has any interest in. There are some uh, schedule based things that, that Rich has pointed out on our show. Uh, but I mean, Matt Ryan is going to score you plenty of fantasy points. You mentioned Zach Wilson.
1: I, mean, I actually have him between two and Fitzpatrick, and I'm, I, he keeps staying till the very end of drafts. And I'm I, maybe I'm too high on Matt Ryan. Like I didn't, I didn't intend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: right. Well, you're going to get no complaints from our producer and great friend Colin Kelly, who wants Matt Ryan on all of his teams.
1: But right here, Ben, we're going to go with KJ Hamler. Absolutely, yeah. Paris Campbell <laughs> went one pick before us. Hamler, the last real strong receiver that we like. It's a really, really nice wide receiver, eight cap to our first seven receivers that we really like. I don't know how our receivers can fail. (laughs) You want to knock on wood, but this is the receiver room that you would dream of, especially when you go Harris and Hawkinson in rounds two and four. I do really like what we've been able to do at running back behind Harris with Connor, Singletary, Evans, and McKinnon. I really like that we got Komet behind Hawkinson. I really like that we have the field's upside bet, even as QB didn't work out exactly as we planned. I am extremely excited about this roster, Sean. I mean, that means it's going to finish last, but I, I'm very, very excited.
2: Well, it's not going to finish last, but I, I, one of the great things about that KJ Handler selection too is you want to throw in your Nicole Hardman every year right and it's better to do it in round 15 than in round 10 so if you're going to draft someone on every team who is worth nothing make it your 16th round pick the hot take for kj Hamler: he is going to be the number two in denver denver is going to be one of the most explosive passing attacks in the nfl even with teddy bridgewater pulling the trigger they just simply have too much talent this is going to be a fun team they're going to be in shootouts in this afc west with the Patrick Mahomes, with a revitalized Derek Carr, who now has Henry Ruggs and Bryant Edwards to round out that team with a Darren Waller, with Justin Herbert, who's going to take the next step to superstardom. And this AFC West is going to be the division in football to follow. The Chiefs obviously going to win the Super Bowl again this season and regain their title. Ben, KJ Hamler is Deshaun Jackson plus... People think that he's not a great fit with Teddy Bridgewater, but all you have to do is look at those defenders trying to take away Fant, trying to take away Judy, trying to take away Cortland Sutton. If Teddy Bridgewater drops back and immediately throws the ball as far as he possibly can, I think he can get out there to KJ Hamler.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully he can. I I don't know if I'm as optimistic, but (laughs) hopefully it can get there. I don't even like McKinnon, but I can't believe the value there. I'm I'm very excited, obviously, to add Hamler, wide receiver 75. I don't under, I mean I don't understand why no one likes him, but that's where we're at.
2: Well, and and you know, we should mention I was concerned because our you know good friend and former Rotoviz cohort, uh, Kevin Cole, has been on Hamler as well. And, and obviously, Kevin, one of the most respected analysts in the business they're just concerned about the quarterback and concern about the target volume in that loaded offense but again we talk about how can you create exposure to these teams the least expensive way right price matters all the way throughout your draft price and upside price and upside price and upside you've got to meld those two things all the way through the draft we feel like we've done that we'll see after three or four weeks if that's true then tevin coleman still here could end up being someone who has some relevance for the jets ty johnson a little bit that same situation where he's maybe been the most impressive of their backs in camp we could consider both of those guys we could also consider taking three qbs that's not necessarily the way that i normally like to play it but there is some value to seeing how some of these teams that we don't really know what they're going to do are going to play week one play week two we know we're going to make some free agent shifts you know after the first week now you don't want to not stash somebody who then the following week you bid 600 on at the same time, we don't want to get so confident in our ability to pick the late guys that we don't do the thing that just kind of makes sense structurally. Baker Mayfield, someone else here that I also wanted to mention as a QB who, I mean, they could pass more, you know, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, they've got Donovan people Jones emerging. They've got some solid tight ends. Their running backs, you know, can catch a screen pass and take it to the house. The Browns could score a lot of points this season.
1: Yeah, I have Fitzpatrick, Wilson, Matt Ryan, and Baker all in a tier here. And again, we mentioned Zach Wilson maybe doesn't fit on this bill, but very comfortable with any of those other guys. But Fitzpatrick, the one that we really would like to get. And we have the 17-18 turn here, and then we have 19-20. We have to take a kicker in D, just with the, the sheer number of of options that we have available. I don't think it makes any sense in, in this particular draft to be taking a kicker and deal a little early. Sometimes that can make some sense, but we're going to have a, a nice quarterback selection. Matt Ryan goes, and then we're also going to have one of these running backs. And you noted Kevin Coleman, who I have as my next best running back. I mean, we're, we're 68 running backs deep. It's, it's very interesting that he's still there. You also had Alex Collins in the queue and mentioned when Penny went that he should probably go ahead of Penny at this point. And I'm very interested in that pick as well. I don't, I, I wonder how much, who, who do we get more information on early? And I think it's probably Coleman, right? Oh, there goes Coleman. Okay.
2: Uh,
1: so that's just the pick right before
2: us. I was going to say he just almost have to take him at that juncture. But we could do the bet on Ty Johnson to see kind of how that pans out. We could take Collins to get a little bit of a hedge on our penny shares. Not that you need a big hedge on on someone you took where we tend to take penny. Do you have any interest in in double quarterbacks here, or do you want to get another running back? I'd be okay with that. I don't think we have to get another running back in this build. So we're going to take Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though if we didn't take him, he probably goes undrafted. And Ben, for the listeners, we are going to break it here. We're going to come back. You will get to find out the very exciting thing of which kicker and defense do the Stealing Bananas gang take with this build that now is set to win the half a million dollars. You'll get our hot take on Ryan Fitzpatrick. You'll find out if we take another QB or running back. Those are not necessarily the super exciting things, but we'll also kind of go through our roster, the hinge picks, why we like it, what we would have done differently, we'll look at some of the other rosters. So you'll get the recap in the final episode. That will do it for this special episode, special draft episode, in the FFPC main event of Stealing Bananas. I'm Sean Siegel, and with me is Ben Gretsch. You can follow at Yards Per Gretsch. Make sure you check out Stealing Signals. This is the time to have your subscription to the best fantasy newsletter in the industry. Week one, week two, you've got to find out what the signal, what the noise how you have to approach waivers to win your league in those first couple weeks, make sure you subscribe now. We're doing a fantastic work over at Rotoviz. Dave, Curtis, Blair and the gang, Matt Spencer, a lot of cool stuff. We've got a bunch of new writers. If you haven't been reading them, make sure you check them out. The tools as ever are worth the price of admission. If you want to get a discount on that, you can enter the code RBRADIO2021 at discount, you'll get 10% off. Uh, please subscribe to our feed, to the bananas. You guys have been doing that. It's been absolutely amazing. We love sharing the show with you. You'll get it as soon as it releases by having that subscription. And uh, if you can't leave us a rating and review, you guys have done an amazing job there. We appreciate all of the fantastic feedback. The community has been great. We're looking forward to the end season with you. Our shows coming up should be a lot of fun. And uh, as you go through this last week, the best week in fantasy, enjoy, draft. Well, good luck. I'll talk to you soon.